It just can't come from you. Other folks, people on your team, people who might be adjacent to your team have to be able to sign off and say the exact same thing that you're saying, right? Because if you're the only one on a hilltop preaching, saying, I deserve this promotion and I've done all this work and X, Y, and Z, it's only going to get you but so far. Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel-Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast. This week we have a career coach spotlight. We have Larnell Vickers. Larnell lives in New York, but he's originally from Florida, from the Miami area. And Larnell and I crossed paths when we were both teachers in South Florida. And we both kind of took this recruitment talent strategy path. And now he is doing the dang thing, working as a career coach, helping lots of people make make moves. And on this conversation, we touch on salary negotiation tips on how to ask for a raise at work. And we talk about branding and how to self brand and the importance of branding yourself and what you bring to the table at work all the time. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Larnell has so much to offer. And yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think. Enjoy. Hey, before we head into today's episode, I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram at ECM Podcast. Also head over to ecmpodcast.com where you can get freebies, read the latest ECM blog post, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. And if you or someone you know is looking for one-on-one career coaching, you can sign up to work with me on my website. Lastly, if you're a big fan and supporter of the show, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how we can reach other people. Okay, let's head into the show. Okay, everyone. I'm so excited to have Larnell Vickers on today's episode. Welcome, Larnell. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited to be on the call today. Very cool. Thanks so much for being with us. I'm excited to dive into your work as a career coach and hear a little bit about your own journey. And also, we're going to get into a little bit of money and salary in our careers. So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself just so that our audience can get to know you. Yeah, no, for sure. So born and raised in Miami, Florida. I have my two parents, they're married, and I also have three other siblings, an older brother uh, and a younger sister and younger brother. I went to the University of Florida. I'm a Gator, so go Gators. For mm-hmm. all your you know fans and listeners who are Gator uh, fans and alums, I live mm-hmm. in Harlem, New York. Uh, love it there. And when I first moved to New York, I went right into recruiting. So I recruited for different charter school networks, nonprofits. I worked with a lot of different consulting companies. And during that time, people would just always ask me, hey, Larnell, can you look at my resume, my cover letter, my LinkedIn? And so I would just do that on the side. And over time, that would grow. And then I wanted to really understand, okay, what would it take to really help to move someone from point A to point B in their life, in their career? Right? What would really help to make the difference, really shift mindsets and beliefs and actions to really get someone moving forward? So I went and got my certification 
uh, through a credit program to the International Coaching Federation. I did that program and coming out of that program really went headfirst into just coaching and really supporting people and really elevating the career and moving into roles that really support them and align with their purpose. And so I've been doing that work ever since and that work has grown uh, tremendously over time and I still do recruitment consulting work on the side as well. So that's about me and just some of my passions and interests and how my career has taken shape and form over time. Yeah. And so are you now like a full-time career coach? Like when did you officially leave your last full-time job to do this? Yep. So January 1st of 2020, full-time. So I'm like a year and a half, but also I was working my business on the side. So I had full-time work, but also was doing this work on the side, but took the leap of faith January 1st of 2020. I've never looked back and I've been in it and have supported hundreds of people at this point in time and laying their next role and really supporting them in their life and career. So cool. Congrats on that. Cause that's not an easy decision to just oh, go full sure. time and do that. <laughs> no, for sure. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about like, what is it like to be a career coach? What do you do day to day? Like what kind of issues do you help people solve? Yes, for sure. So I really help people to identify what's next for them. So I think one of the gifts and talents I have is the ability to listen. So I listen to people and I'm able to analyze and interpret what they're saying to really pinpoint, okay, is this where you want to go next? And so really providing people around clarity around their life and the career. Sometimes we can have a lot of different ideas and thoughts about what our career and life should look like and how it should take form, but really listening and like drilling, drilling down towards the core of what's next for you. And then I do a lot of action strategy planning with people to really identify, okay, if you want to, if you're here right now, if you want to go from A, if you want to go to B, like how do we get there, right? So I do strategy planning around okay, the steps to take to get someone to move forward in their career and really holding them accountable. Not just in terms of like, did you do X and Y and Z, but around your mindset, beliefs, the things that are actually stopping you to moving forward, to how can we like actually coach and support to make sure that we're moving those limiting beliefs or mindset blocks and to make sure that you're moving forward and really accessing the world and life that's really meant for you. Very cool. So yeah, I want to talk a little bit about how money plays into our career. And I'm curious if for you, when you were navigating your own career path, did you think about the financial part of choosing your job? Or was that something that wasn't as important to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I started off with Teach for America. <laughs> so teachers, first year, you don't get paid a lot. So I would say when first starting my career off, I really just kind of followed my passion or what felt right to me. At the time, I think over time, having coaching, having support people, also being on the HR talent side, making offers to candidates, as well as negotiating and being on that side of the table with working with the company or working with the hiring manager. I've seen a lot and I've experienced a lot. So I think over time, just understanding more about money and how it works and how people think about money has been really fascinating over time. But I would say starting off my career, I would say I really pretty much like followed my passion and what mm-hmm. really like lit me up at that point moment in time. 
Yeah, I had a similar um, approach when I was in in my early 20s. I think I was fortunate that I didn't have a lot of student loan debt, Mm. which probably informed my career decisions. And I cared a lot more about like mission and impact. But I think for me in my late 20s, I did start to think more about okay, like I I haven't really been prioritizing this part of the career equation, right? Like maybe asking for more or trying to make jumps to get bigger raises. Did you at any point start to think about it? Or is it something that just has not really been as present for you even now? Oh, for sure. I could re- relate to that for sure. Where it's like you're starting to think about where you're at, where you want to go, you start setting financial goals for yourself around investing, savings, mm-hmm. how much you want to make a month, setting goals for yourself and thinking to yourself, okay, how do I get there? What do I need to actually put in place to really grow myself and really work towards financial wealth and independence for myself and my family? Mm-hmm. So I definitely relate to what, what you shared there around that over the course of the my career. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were a recruiter, when you were helping people negotiate or you were on the other side of the table, what did you learn about that process? Like the negotiation, salary negotiation part of the process when people accept jobs? Yeah, no, for sure. I would say this, and I think this is like first and foremost before I kind of go into that question is you got to know your worth. Like you really got to know your worth. And I think what's nice is there's more of a push around transparency, around the salary and what companies, their salary bands within companies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different resources and, and tools out there from Glassdoor to Payscale to salary.com that you can access. There's things around LinkedIn. LinkedIn is always releasing new reports around industries and sectors and what are viable skill sets. And so it's really being able to do your research and understand your skill set what you bring to the table and the value of it. That's very important. I think that a lot of times people sometimes get a salary offer and they accept, which you should never do. You should always negotiate. And sometimes people negotiate, but don't really know what to negotiate on or how to best understand themselves in the market or within that company. And so it can be very much from the standpoint of um, not as strategic. And so I think it's really getting clear around the value add that you bring to a company, which I think will really help to best position individuals to understand how to negotiate and to then also best position themselves to move up income-wise along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I love that point about always negotiate, right? Like never take the first offer because in this day and age, recruiters do expect for folks to negotiate, right? And so you're leaving money on the table if you're just like, okay, sounds good. And I do think, I I like what you said about knowing your worth because I think sometimes if we come into a, into that conversation with a scarcity mindset where mm-hmm. we're like, I, like I'm not going to get other job offers like this, or maybe this is my only chance to get a job, especially if you're going through a long job search process you might make up make a decision that is coming from that scarcity mindset of like, okay, I'll just take what I can get, right? Nope. And that can really have significant impacts on your long-term earnings. Yes, yes. It can be very tempting when you're in the job search process because it's all about timing. So based upon when you're applying for roles, how fast certain companies are moving you through the interview process, 
who comes first with an offer or not, weighing on other offers. It can be very tempting to go with the first mm-hmm. offer or the one that's actually wanting to pay you the most, but really looking at all the different factors and always negotiating. Like what's going to really help to escalate and like really accelerate your career? What's going to position you in the long term? What opportunities will be available to you and how can you actually grow income-wise within that company? So I think you really do want to work from an abundance mindset that you are, you bring value, you're skilled, you have experience, and to stand fully firm in that, stand in your power, right? Knowing that it's not only the company that wants you, but also that you need to want them and there needs to be a good match between the two. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So when you work with clients on in this pro, in this part of the process, so they're maybe in the phase where they're maybe starting to get offers, how do you coach them to, to decide whether or not to take a, a position or not and evaluate the offer that they're getting? So a couple of things before we go into that, it's always about, it's about going back to vision. So when I first start off working with clients, we get very clear about what is it that you want, right? We got to go to like, what is it that you truly want? Understanding what is your North Star, the thing that you ultimately want to have at the end of the job process. Because if you're not clear on that, you can go through the entire process and find yourself landing Anywhere but the North Star, right? Anywhere but your destination because it could get very intense sometimes between interviewing different companies and different offers and people rejecting you. And so you can get lost in the sauce around like where you actually want to go. And so it's really important just to get clear around, okay, what's my North Star? Even before I start this process, where do I where I want to land? And then from there, once we get towards the end, right, once you're starting to get the offers, I always take my clients back to, is this what you truly want? Is this the actual thing that you actually named for me when we first start off in this process? Is this truly your North Star? And if it's not, right, to decline and let's continue to work forward towards a thing that's meant for you. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that whatever is meant for you, whatever has your name on it, you will actually access it and walk in it. So be with the process and allow yourself to actually go for it and obtain the thing that's actually for you. And you'll see yourself every single time when you're with that process of what's truly for you, you'll see your career elevate time and time again. I love the North Star piece because I think you can get really distracted oh, for sure. by shiny, I, I would say like the shiny object syndrome, right? Where you're like, oh, this company's brand name is is amazing or <laughs> this title sounds like like a really big title or whatever it is, right? I'm sure you've seen different scenarios, but oh, sure. there's so much that like I, I sometimes I wonder why is it that we don't listen to ourselves about what we really want and then think about what do other people think about our careers? Have you kind of thought about that? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, and I think that goes back to knowing who you, who you are, like your identity, what you bring to the table, because people will always try to project onto you. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should look into this. Oh, based upon what you've done in your past, Mm -hmm. this is what you should do next. And it's really, yes, like looking at your past, looking at what you've done, definitely gets clues towards the future. But it's really understanding what's the vision 
right? What's your intuition? What are you being led towards? And combine the two to really make up for what you want to see yourself doing going forward. And so I think, again, it goes back to the original point around like the North Star, because people will sometimes say you should take that job or that title looks great or that company is great. But is it the thing that's really going to be meant for you and support you not only in the short term, but also in the long term? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say would be some of the biggest blocks that BIPOC folks face in a new job, maybe first 90 days? So there are a lot of different things to consider when you're first getting into a new role. I would say one of the things that's really important is to, again, get clear on the expectations, the metrics of success. Sometimes we read the job description and we believe that what's in the job description is actually what's going to correlate into the job. That's not always the case. Mm -hmm. And so you always want to go back to your manager and really be able to get clear on what is expected of me in the first 30, 60, 90 days. What does success look like at the end of the road? And so sometimes when you're first starting off a job, you can believe like these are the things I should be working on. These are the top priorities I should be working on, right? But also that might not be in alignment to the company's goals or strategy or what needs to actually be worked on, right? So how can you really align yourself to the work that's going to be important? And as well as making sure it aligns to long-term success of how you want to grow in your career as well. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to get on the same page with your manager about like, what does success look like to you? What are these milestones that I should be looking to hit in the first 90 days? Because yeah, you're being evaluated at the beginning. I think you're given room to learn Mm -hmm. at a good uh, workplace, like a place that's supportive. But I would say in general, by the 90 day mark, people want to see you moving forward and and feeling comfortable and making things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the money piece, what about asking for a raise? Uh, I think that sometimes this people can feel a little deflated or not as confident asking for a raise. I think a lot of companies have very structured raise processes. How often do you hear of folks being successful in terms of asking for a raise and, and like getting it? Yeah, no, for sure. So I think one of the things is you can't wait the time when it comes to ask for rates, right? Let's say if your company has two points in times when they do promotions and raises, and that might be the summer and that might be end of the year. Let's just say that, right? Mm-hmm. You can't wait. Let's say if it's like June, you can't wait May to then start having conversations to then want to raise, if you want to raise, and that's even like throwing promotion, if you want to raise or promotion, you got to have, start having those conversations six months, eight months out. Mm-hmm. You have to start aligning and understanding, okay, what are the actual initiatives, projects, right, that I need to actually get on or, or success metrics I need to hit out the ballpark, right, to be able to prove, right, that I am that I am worthy and that actually like that is actually for me to actually take on a raise that year. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's really important to do that backwards planning and to understand, okay, if I want to raise, okay, what does that look like? Right. And to be able to work towards that. And I think also it's not a siloed process. It's also having ongoing conversations with your manager 
around wanting that, around wanting to work towards that and be able to understand, okay, like I want to co-partner with you in terms of like what needs to happen for the work that I'm doing, the projects that I'm working on, the clients that I'm working with, that's going to really tee me up and best position me to be able to take on a raise or promotion. And I think a lot of times people find themselves, let's say, during that time period of like early, like let's say like late spring, starting to have that conversation and feeling disappointed because certain things were not in place or they were not done, but you thought that they were done or at a certain benchmark that there was either miscommunication or misunderstanding. And so it fell short. Right. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's really just trying to get on the same wavelength with your manager as much as, as possible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So working backwards from the goal and breaking it down into like different chunks of what kind of projects or experiences you need to be having to show that you are able to operate at the next level, whatever that next level is in terms of a promotion and hopefully obviously a raise. What do you think about people who this I I find this very interesting when Mm -hmm. organizations offer a title change or a quote-unquote promotion, but there's no increase attached. Have you ever seen that? Yes. No, for sure. That definitely happens at times. So one, if a company promotes you but does not give you a raise, that's a red flag. Because <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> they're giving you more work without the actual pay to go along with it. So I would definitely mm-hmm. challenge that. But you do have it where companies will promote, but you're trying to negotiate and it's tough to kind of get the next bump up that you think that you deserve. One of the things is this, and this is this is like research-based, that people actually increase their income like 20K, 30K, but actually transitioning and going between companies. Mm-hmm. It's actually harder to actually increase your salary with inside of a company versus going outside and interviewing and being recruited at other companies. So that's just something just to consider because you're already inside the company. And so again, it's a leverage point. So how much can you leverage to be able to work towards and to really align with them around what you believe should be the salary that should get paid in your next role? And so if that's not being seen, if that's not coming true, then it's, again, thinking about leverage points of where you can leverage to really get to that standpoint. But there's a lot of research around wanting to increase your salary and what that looks like between either doing that within inside a company or going across other companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild how leaving your organization for a couple of years and then coming back, if you want to, you're gonna make a you're gonna come back at a much higher level. Oh, isn't that crazy? You can like literally stay at your company and you literally can just go year after year working your way up, versus mm-hmm. if you left and then you came back, you're gonna be at a whole different like salary band mm-hmm. at that point in time. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so that's why this kind of gets me to a different topic, which is like this idea of loyalty towards a company or an organization. I I feel like we need to be loyal to our purpose and our mission and our development. But for our generation, as millennials who have financially been set back quite a bit, it doesn't make financial sense to me to 
stay at a company for a very long time the way that our parents' generation did. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think we're definitely on the same page around like be committed and be loyal to your mission, right? To your purpose. Companies are essentially vehicles towards fulfilling your purpose and your destiny in this life, mm-hmm. right? And so be very purposeful for where you go. Every single company you go to is a mission, right? And so be able to be on that mission, knowing that mission is complete and to move on, right? And to know that each mission that you take on, each experience that you take on really adds up towards the fulfillment of your purpose in this life. And so really being centered around purpose and commitment towards that, which again, your purpose should be bigger than yourself. It's not, when I talk about purpose, I'm not talking like in terms of like you yourself and what you gain. It's like you being committed to living at your purpose, which has ripple effects for your family, for your community, for the world around you. Mm-hmm. To be committed to that, right? And how that can be the anchor as you go throughout different experiences and companies over time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So when people are, you know, getting ready to have that conversation with their manager, trying to make a case for either a promotion or an increase in salary, that can be a scary conversation to have. And so what do you have any advice around how people can get ready, either like talking points or what kind of evidence or what should they have prepared by the time they have this conversation, I know you said they should be having this conversation way before that point, but what does that look like to have a successful conversation with your manager about this? Yeah, no, for sure. So definitely it's not one big conversation. It's like small conversations over the course of time that actually gradually lead up towards you then gain the salary, gain the promotion. I say that all to say to relieve yourself of some of the pressure of having the big conversation, right? Like smaller conversations over the course of time. And again, you have to understand, okay, the company has a set strategy to reach certain goals for that year, for that three-year period, for that five-year period. One, does your work directly align towards the bottom line of helping that company to reach their goals, right? And does your role fit within the overall arching like strategy of how we're going to go about reaching our goals, right? So you really want to understand your role to play because different roles within companies hold different type of weight. That's the reality of things. And you have to understand that, right? So it's really understand what is the actual company's mission and goals, what do they do, and how impactful are you, right, towards helping that company to reach them. If you play a very major role in that, right, and the work that you do reflects your ability to help move that company forward, you really want to be able to mark down those successes and those wins. Now, the thing is this, it can't just come from you. It just can't come from you. Other folks, people on your team, people who might be adjacent to your team have to be able to sign off and say the exact same thing that you're saying. Right, because if you're the only one on a hilltop preaching, saying I deserve this promotion and I've done all this work, and X, Y, and Z, it's only going to get you but so far. Right? How can you actually have others to endorse you? How can you have other folks to sign off and to promote you? And so that's going to be really important as well to ensure that when you're having these conversations. It just feels right. It feels appropriate and it feels as if 
this is a next step for you and that the company will back you in it. Totally agree. And it's part of like building allies at work and building sponsor relationships with people who are maybe a little more far along their path so that they can speak positively of you when you're not in the room. And there's also like this brand piece, right? Of like, do people know your brand and what is your brand? Mm -hmm. Like, how do people know you? Do they see you as like someone who gets things done, someone who works like in a cooperative way? Like, what is that brand? And it takes a lot of self-reflection, I think, to get to that point where what you think your brand is also what others understand you to be or who they understand you to be at work. And getting to that point alone can be a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Because you have your own views of yourself and others have views of you. And the the moment when you can align both of those is the moment that you've allowed yourself to reach a heightened level of self-awareness, which a lot of people do not have. Mm -hmm. Also, to get there, it takes a lot of feedback. So it's going through the process of allowing yourself to get a ton of feedback so you can really grow your high in awareness around your brand, how you're showing up, how people perceive you, right? So that when that time comes, yes, of course, you're going to have colleagues to sponsor, to want to endorse and to back you up on it. Yeah. I love that you introduced the F word feedback. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that could be a whole episode in and of itself, right? Is like how to seek feedback, how to actually hear it how to use it or sometimes not accept it. There's so many different scenarios, but I agree. I think feedback is such a big part of that process of like self-reflection, understanding where you need to grow, where you're shining already. And then like what you're really good at making sure every, a lot of people know that you're good at that because it doesn't serve you in your promotion conversation that you're really good at Excel and no one really knows that's a strength of yours as an example, right? It's very true. I think a lot of times we think that people just know our work, but they don't. People have their own work and people are living their own lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to know how to organically and just naturally be able to promote yourself in a very healthy way uh, where people know your work or at least other people are acknowledging you for your work. That's really important. Yeah. So before we move on to the last question, I want to hear like, what is one of your own like biggest career lessons that you have learned from either like your early career years or your coaching practice? Build relationships. Everything is done through relationships. Work moves forward through relationships. The advancement of your career happens through relationships. And I think that it's interesting because I think that for me early in my career, it was just natural for me. And it just happened organically, but over time, just learning more skills around it and that there are books around this and that this is a whole entire skill set to like learn and to sharpen Mm -hmm. and build muscle around. And so I really encourage people to really think about your relationships and your career and your life. Also, when you think about moving between roles and companies, all that happens in terms of your ability to land a role, it happens through relationships. And so thinking about how do you show up? How do you create win-win outcomes for people that you interact with? How do you continue to stay in touch and stay connected with people over the course of time, over the course of your career? 
how do you incorporate others into your wins and successes, right? That's just not you, but that whenever you have a win, how can you email or let others know or acknowledge others' role that played a role in your own success? And how can you also be there for others? So I just take sock in terms of just like relationships as being something I've definitely have learned. Also, I teach a ton around um, with my clients. Mm-hmm. I love that. Great. So where can people find you online and how can they work with you if they're interested? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. For sure. I would definitely love for anyone who's listening or who's looking to identify the next career move for themselves. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, just my name, Larnell Vickers. Also on Instagram. Again, it's just uh, my name, just Larnell Vickers as well. And then also you can reach out to me through email. So larnell at larnellvickers.com. If you have any questions or things that you just want to shoot my way, I'm definitely more than happy to get back with you and have time to talk with you. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time today, Larnell. I enjoyed this conversation and best of luck with all of your clients. Thank you. Thank you. And also before we sign off, I just want to acknowledge you for this podcast and what you're doing. It is truly phenomenal. Just all the different speakers uh, that you've had on here, all the different topics is so neat in the world. And so just want to give kudos to you and all the work that you're doing around this and also the opportunity to, to talk with you on today as well. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com and sign up to get your free 20-page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right, can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.